0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Doing Good. Carol is a lifelong learner and volunteer. She has lived through history, which few read about today, and has found the ideal place to bring history to life in her current role with the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville, Tennessee. She offers us a glimpse into the past and hope for the future. Hi, Carol. I'm so excited that we get to feature you as today's volunteer on today's episode of the Doing Good Podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Megan. I'm very happy to have been selected as a participant, and I'm looking forward to the experience.
0: I am, too. Thank you so much. Um, Before we or as we begin... Would you give us all a brief description of who you are, just as a person, um, where you live perhaps, a little bit about you, and then we'll get into your volunteerism here in a minute.
1: Well, I am a mother of three. They're, they're grown men. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and I decided to get out of California and attend school in another state. So I attended school in uh, Dillard University in New Orleans, Louisiana. And then I transferred to Virginia Union in Richmond, Virginia. I lived there for about 20 plus years and enjoyed learning the history, the true history of our country. And it sort of has informed my life and different things that I want to do that I'm, I'm very interested in. I now live in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was born. And I'm enjoying learning about my birthplace and, the, and my family history because I'm researching that as well. And I currently work for Publix Supermarket. I love that. It's an experience I always wanted to have. And it's it helping me use all of my skills and my education for the company itself and for myself. And then, of course, I'm volunteering at NAMAM the National Museum of African American Music.
0: I can see your passion for history in all areas of your life, uh, throughout your life, uh, just in the description of who you are, not even getting into your volunteerism yet. What drives you with your interest in history? Where does that come from?
1: Well, it initially started in California when I was attending elementary, junior high school, and high school. We literally only had one paragraph uh, about the Civil War and one paragraph about the Revolutionary War. And I wanted to know more, so I made the decision when I got ready to attend college that I would go to another state so that I could actually, you know, dive in and find out for myself. I like to travel, so I did a lot of little short trips and visited museums, visited uh, libraries, the state libraries, and kind of dove into different things I wanted to know. And moving to Virginia was like the best thing I ever did, because I got to actually explore more information in the Virginia Library, Library Congress, and the National Archive in Washington, D.C. about the United States' history, and the Revolutionary War, as well as the Civil War and other things that I was not aware of. From that point on, I just keep diving.
0: I love that. And, and it sounds to me like when it started for you as a child, it was out of maybe curiosity because it was missing for you in the first place. It's not like it was um, giving you information that you could dig into. It was the fact that it just wasn't there. Is that true? It wasn't
1: complete. You know, it It left me with a lot of, well, why? You know, know, how did the country actually get started? Because we knew a lot about the mission building in California. Um, The education system required that we learn about the mission building. And part of our educational experience from elementary to junior high school was building missions, literally creating miniature replicas of the various missions. throughout the state of California, which was, you know, great. But then my question is, well, why? (laughs) You know, what else is there? What other information is there? And both my, my mother, my grandmother, my uncle and aunts, everybody, they're educators. They were very happy with, you know, the questions. Okay, well dig and find out. You know, get the encyclopedia, go and read and and find out for yourself.
0: Oh, that's exciting. And then, and obviously, I mean, they saw that in you as a child and you, you carried that out. But you continued that in Louisiana and then Virginia. I have to ask, did you seek opportunities to volunteer either in Louisiana or Virginia?
1: Well, with Louisiana being in college, we got to do a lot of community Uh, service events, uh, centered either around the university itself or the surrounding community. Um, So that was part of my introduction. But I've been volunteering since I was a child as well because that was something my family did. We would volunteer for different activities uh, or we could do it through the church um, experience. Um, And then when I um, moved to Virginia and attended school in Virginia. There were a lot of volunteer opportunities um, for like you know community beautification type things um, through the university. I I did work on um, two political campaigns because they were crucial to our university. Uh, one was with um, well they're both with the same person, but he first ran for a lieutenant governor. Of Virginia and uh, that was during my senior year. And then the second time I uh, assisted it was when he ran for governor. But at this time I had graduated from, uh, from college.
0: So what brought you, Carol, from Virginia to Nashville to the Music City, USA?
1: Well, I'm doing a uh, full circle. My grandmother asked me um, that once my children were grown. And I was pretty much comfortable with where they were in life. If I would come back home for her. And I did. I was like, yeah, okay.
0: So how long have you been in Nashville? And what do you think of life here?
1: I've been in Nashville now, um approximately, I guess I can now say two years. I arrived in May uh, 2019.
0: You timed it well, because about two years ago, was when I understand the National Museum of African-American Music was getting started. And I understand that you are one of its premier volunteers. Can you tell me of the process that you went through to be one of the first volunteers as such a large museum was being created?
1: Well, first I was just in awe that it was was even thought of and that the plans were in action to uh, build it and then reach out. so I reached out to them first. great right. <laughs> right. I, I want to be a part of this. Um, I wanted to become a member and I wanted to uh, volunteer once the museum was you know open and ready to to uh, accept visitors. And I got a, a nice reply back from um, Tamir Smithers, who is the director of education. And um, they told me how to, you know, to register to be a member, because they were accepting membership, even though the building wasn't yet uh, complete. And I've hurried up and put my membership in. And then I just uh, waited. They said, just, we'll contact you when... We start to have, um, offer volunteerism opportunities, uh, just keep in touch. So that's what I did. And when they opened up the museum, I immediately contacted them again and said, okay, you know, volunteerism, (laughs) are you all ready to do that? But unfortunately, COVID hit. We had to, uh, they had to kind of, Back off and I guess, rethink how they were going to do certain things. So the initial opening was supposed to happen in December 2019, and then it got put off, so they pushed it back to December 2020,
0: which was COVID,
1: which mm-hmm. was COVID. And then they decided, well, we're going to do it in January of 2021. And I got the invitation to come out Great. Um, to apply. I went ahead and applied online. They had an extensive um, uh, application, as well as their background check, which I appreciated. When they opened on January 27th, I was one of the people there to welcome the members.
0: Because it is the National Museum of African American Music, and you had this Passion for history, can you tie the two together for me?
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> I uh, volunteered in and as an adult in the Lamert Park Art Walk in Lamert Park, which is a um, community in the South Central Los Angeles. It's at the base of Baldwin Hills and View Park. Uh, the community uh, was originally. Developed in the 1920s. And of course. With the removal of the. uh, Restricted covenant. A lot of people of. African descent were able to move. Into Leimert Park. During the 1940s. Um, My family. Were some people that decided. To buy and purchase homes there. And. uh, It is a. uh, Community that is filled. With music. Um, they had a jazz festival every year. Uh, we had the Art Walk, which also included international music and different types of international events. We had a blues uh, club that was right in the area. Mavericks Flats, where most of the people who were dancers on Soul Train with. You know, meet up there first. You get to see a lot of different things.
0: Well, don't we all want to be a soul train dancer? Like deep inside, <laughs> yes, yes. Mean, really, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so your love of music went way back, and I mean, you were able to be a part of that piece of history.
1: Yes, and and it, it's so powerful because it. A lot of people don't know the L.A. experience, Sunset Boulevard, all the clubs that were there. But um, there's a a key history. There's uh, Wrigley's Field in Chicago. Okay. well, the Wrigley family lived in uh, had a summer house, I would say, in Pasadena, California. But they also built a Wrigley Field in South Central. And that, unfortunately, it was torn down. But during the time that it was uh, a huge uh, experience for families before World War II, a lot of the jazz groups, uh, mostly the African-American groups, played there. So people of African-American descent could go to the Wrigley Field between Vermont and Washington and uh, enjoy Cab Calloway, Duke Ellington, And some other fabulous uh, stars. And then Ella Fitzgerald lived in the Merck Park on Degnan Avenue and along with others. So there was a lot there that a lot of people just weren't aware of. So through the art walk, I was a, I guess you call it a self-made docent because I would literally recruit the young people from the high schools to come and help to complete their community service Mm -hmm. requirement for graduation. And then we would do a, a walking tour of all of this history. You know, you're walking past uh, this person's house. Well, who was that? So you get to introduce them to the the various stars who were in the community.
0: And now you're able to bring that to the National Museum of African American Music and tie it all together for everybody.
1: Well, they pretty much have most of the information. And the guests really like it. We have a... Um, a lot of visitors from California, mm-hmm. and they, they're aware of certain things, but not of
0: everything. Well, nobody can know everything, but
1: mm-hmm. you lived
0: it. You lived that, and that's invaluable. Could you share a story of your volunteering where you felt you made a difference? or you could see your impact on others, either at the park or at the museum?
1: I love young people, and I love their untapped ingenuity. Sometimes they don't really know what they have within them. So at the park, the Leimert Park, recruiting the kids from the high school, uh, one thing we did was create a closed-off street. We were given that ability to do that for the park. And with that, we used Adinkra symbols that the kids selected to share messages with their fellow classmates walking to school past Lemert Park. And those Adinkra, Adinkra symbols are still there. And I I actually hear from the organizer of the Art Walk, the kids are still coming by here. You know, most of them have graduated from high school, and they've gone on to do other things, but they come back to the park when, during the art walk. that It happens once a month. And he says, well, they're, they're coming back. And my thing is, you know, I want them to keep it going, you mm-hmm. know, whether I'm there or Ben is there, and the way they do that is to keep visiting. I have the same experience at NAMAM, because when I see uh, the young people attending, the museum with parents and grandparents, whole families, I see an opportunity to encourage them with understanding that this is an intergenerational museum. So you're going to learn about your grandparents' favorite music, your parents' favorite music, and you get to share your favorite music through the uh, message center. And what ends up happening, we have a dance little interactive area and I'll say, did you dance with your grandmother? How did you like it? And, and they'll be, yes, I danced. I had fun. And I and say, you got to hear their music. Yes, I got to hear their music. And, you know, parents, did you get to hear what your, your young people like to hear? Yes, we did. And they all walk out with a smile. If, if nothing else for that day, the family unit were able to connect. And there is a line of communication between them with the music
0: Mm -hmm. and the interest. Right. And either it's strengthened or maybe seeds are planted. Yes. You seem to be involved in the museum and in other ways that you volunteer in a variety of ways, right? But why do you volunteer? Why do you choose to give back? Through volunteering.
1: I have a graduate level master's degree in nonprofit management, and I sought that out because I've always supported nonprofits. I just love the fact that there are people who have the ability to create an organization that can help with different things that government can't necessarily resolve. So it sort of gives the people the ability to use their ingenuity to resolve or solve something, or even uh, just work at something um, that helps people have better lives or better experiences or offers something different than what they uh, have have experienced. Um, I didn't mention, but while in LA, I worked with the City of Los Angeles Recreation and Parks, and we had a program called Class Parks, Clean and Safe Spaces, and what we were there to do was gang intervention and prevention. And it meaning being able to get the young people out of their three block radius to experience other parts of the world, either through community service or service learning mm-hmm. or through trips. Like you would be surprised how many young people in Los Angeles had never been to the beach. Really? <laughs> had never been to the beach.
0: And they're how far away from the beach?
1: Maybe, maybe 30 minutes, depending. So, and they were kind of stuck in a three block radius. Well, that's where most of the negative activity took place. So our goal was to get them out and about. So I've used the nonprofits that were in the area to introduce the kids to service learning, to community service opportunities. Um, and then we, that once they participated, that earned them opportunities to take a special trip somewhere outside of their community. And I would invite their parents if their parents could participate. I worked a lot with uh, young people that were uh, immigrants from uh, Mexico, from Guatemala, from uh, Honduras and Ecuador and El Salvador. Sometimes, you know, you get stuck in a rut and you don't know how to do something other, and our, our program allowed them to try something outside of their box.
0: You have been using nonprofits to expose people to those areas. I think people tend to think that they have to go to another country to see something different. It's so interesting to hear the idea that a whole different life is just 30 minutes away.
1: And that's the key phrase a whole different life is 30 minutes outside of your three block radius, uh, where you go to the store, whatever. And most of the time that was never experienced, you know, and being able to offer that to the young people was great. And working with nonprofits to do that, uh, be they um, nonprofits focused on entertainment, uh, museums, or, you um, working with people who were dealing with trauma. We, we did a lot of things with the homeless uh, community through nonprofits um, to kind of help build empathy. Um, anything that we could do to share that, that's what we did. And the, and the young people benefited greatly, as well as their parents.
0: My thought, too, is that the way you're volunteering today through the National Museum of African American Music also exposes people to music and maybe lifestyles that they didn't Mm -hmm. realize were possible who knew it's just a matter of opening eyes and i love that nonprofits are the key to do that
1: yes they they are for me i just i just appreciate like i said the ingenuity there's a problem i can be a part of creating a a resolution for that problem or issue or I can introduce something new that will be inspirational for people's lives through the nonprofit and through history.
0: I feel like you should drop the mic, <laughs> <laughs> but don't. I want to keep it. I going.
1: won't. I won't.
0: <laughs> so uh, you have such an extensive knowledge and background and experience in nonprofit land. Um, what would you suggest to anyone who's interested say in history? In in volunteering in history in some form or fashion and who knows how. But what would what would be their first step in your mind?
1: Find their passion for the history. What is it that they would like their experience with history to equate in another person's life? What Inspires me the most in volunteering is humanity. You know how the people I'm exposed to through my volunteerism, and it's it's just powerful because you you don't understand the resilience that exists in people unless you you participate in something that reveals that, and the nonprofit sector does that very well. So. If you want to learn about history and volunteer, first find out what your passion is and then figure out how you want to express that passion through volunteerism. I think uh, you might be the person that can say, why can't we just do a tour around the different statues of various war heroes? And tell both sides of the story. And that way we can learn from past historical events. You are sharing with people your passion, if that's it, if that's your passion, and showing them how to move towards a resolution that provides valuable information because it requires you to research. And once you research, Both sides of the story, you find that the narratives that are being spoken may not necessarily be factual. So you can tell the rest of the story with your knowledge and find resources to do that. Libraries are, to a large extent, nonprofits. You can participate in volunteering with the libraries, helping them with their special events, or helping them with their current collections, um, but you can participate within, within the libraries. And that's a great start, especially in your own state. If you like art, we have so many beautiful public art pieces that need to be cared for. You know, what's wrong with doing community service around cleaning, taking care of public art? That tells a historical story or shares a historical fact because a lot of artists are really great at doing historical research on their projects before they install them. Those are two possible avenues that people who want to get involved in historical volunteering that they can do.
0: There are ways for people to get involved that typically people don't think of.
1: Correct. And, but they're
0: needed. They're needed. And I'll say keeping a historical monument clean is not something that has to be a day in, day out type thing. No. Right. And and it could just be a one day periodic type of activity and include family or friends or I mean, it could be a fun thing. It doesn't have to be a difficult or drudgery type of situation. No. <laughs> and you could learn something at the same time yeah. and keep history alive. That's the thing.
1: That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So that It doesn't get lost and that people can experience it and and, and learn from it. it uh, one of the things that Naaman does that I love is a, a an interactive table called Roots. And what it does is it takes your favorite artist for, say, today, and tells you what artists or what style of music influenced their presentation of music today. Oh. So you get to do a historical research on your favorite artist.
0: Well, what type of music most influenced you?
1: I would have to say all of it. <laughs> Gospel, uh, blues, jazz. Uh, a rhythm and blues or R and B, as they they call it, and hip hop. I I like a lot of rappers and uh, hip hop singers. But having three sons, I have to. I got involved in what they were listening to, so that helped me to understand what what drove them in terms of their musical interests. So I stay open.
0: That is what history is all about.
1: And going back to my answer about learning about. Humanity and, and the Resilience of Human Beings, Yes, I did have a volunteer service learning opportunity that I participated in Guatemala with the Highland Support Project, and I ended up being on their board of directors after I participated in this. They worked with the Mayan women in the Highlands in Guatemala to protect their indigenous culture. And it was a powerful experience. After the hurricane stand, it washed away a lot of the villages that they had. So our our, um, project involved building housing for them, building stoves for them, helping them to replant trees, and then working with them on ways to um, preserve their cultural knowledge. It was an eye-opening experience for me Mm. as a volunteer. Um, I paid for my trip. I I went through the United Methodist Church. I worked with two professors that I um, worked for in a university setting. And all I can say to you is that it let me know how valuable nonprofits are, especially when it comes to resolving certain issues. Um, If you go on their website, you will find these women extremely resilient. Uh, They suffered a great deal in the 1990s because of uh, the attempt to annihilate or or create genocide. They're still here. And they have their own midwifery programs. They they have their own vegetable gardens where they grow food that they sell to the uh, cruise lines. (laughs) to fund their schools in their community, um, to fund all their, I mean, and it was called the Transformational Economic Project.
0: Uh, Yes. (laughs) And
1: they, oh my goodness, I, the women are just just phenomenal. And a couple of them were honored during Women's Day at the UN. Um, But that, That experience, when I walked away from that, I said, I don't want to travel as a tourist. I want to continue to do things through service learning opportunities so that I could actually uh, continue to have that kind of an experience with great, great people.
0: What an opportunity. And, And for those who might be interested in doing that same type thing, I know service learning is uh, I'll say a popular phrase used in universities today. Do you have to be a student?
1: No, as I shared it, we went through the United Methodist Church. Okay. So you can be a student, but it was offered to uh, through churches. Great. And you could be of any age to attend.
0: And so they pay their way and in and now I have heard of volunteerism. Does that fall under that, I think?
1: Yes, it does, because what we were allowed to do, we spent a week in Guatemala, in the highlands, uh, Sheila, Chichi Castanego, uh, and Chico. And what we did, once we did the service portion, so we either built homes, built stoves, um, or we uh, helped plant reforest with uh, trees, plant trees. or worked with them in the garden. We also they took us on a tour of their of their country. So we would go to uh, like their their freshwater hot springs. Oh my goodness! Through the jungles, we went to actual ancient Mayan temples, and they talked to us about their culture through. That experience so it wasn't just you know doing work but we also got to uh, learn from the people about their culture their country and their history and it was wonderful just absolutely
0: wonderful so to me you are refreshing history you are really bringing history to life in ways that I, I, don't, I don't know that you could have even imagined Do you feel like you have more to learn or more to do? I mean, where do you go from here? You've already experienced so much.
1: Oh, no, I have a lot more to learn, a lot more to learn. I want to continue to uh, learn. I want to continue to volunteer and have that experience. Uh, I meet wonderful people. I see the resiliency and humanity as I'm going through this and it just inspires me that there's much more out there that I can experience and enjoy and share with others
0: well i can't thank you enough miss carol this has just been a joy for me to listen to you and thank you for um for sharing yourself with us
1: thank you i greatly appreciate the opportunity and I have enjoyed myself, and I learned something else about myself as I, as I participated in the energy. So thank you.
0: This has been the Doing Good Podcast. We're glad you joined us to celebrate people who are making a difference. We hope you'll consider donating to Doing Good, the 501c3 nonprofit, to support this podcast and other programs which celebrate those who do good.